Tonight we start a new series, and um, last week we finished our series in the book of Revelation, or the early part of of Revelation, and tonight we're going to start a new series called Spiritual Disciplines, and I'll explain that to you. But before we do, um, I always ask my wife um, to come and pray for us um, as we start a new series, so she's going to come and pray for us, um, and then we're going to get going. This is my wife, Mel. All right, let's pray. Uh, Father God, we commit um, this, these new, this new series to you. Uh, Lord, I pray that um, as we just get into your word and that we learn, Father God, how to be a disciplined disciple, Lord, I pray that you would speak clearly um, and that you would really encourage us to account, encounter you afresh every day um, and that it won't be a chore, it won't be mundane, but really it would just, um, yeah, you would just stir a deeper passion and a deeper connection to you. Um, and Lord, that we would learn to be more like your son Jesus, um, that we would practically just apply these things that we learn each day um, and that they would just become a part of our lives. God, we uh, pray for Pastor Steve. Lord, I pray pray that you would just continue to anoint him and continue to use him as a faithful vessel into your word. Um, and God, I pray that, um, yeah, you would just really use this next four weeks um, to really, yeah, just um, really shape and mold us to, to fall deeper in love with you. Um, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. As I said, tonight we, we start a new series called Spiritual disciplines. And so let me give you some context. The word discipline uh, is defined training expected to produce a specific character or uh, character or of behavior or behavior of behavior. Yeah, pattern of behavior. Almost nothing in our lives that is important happens accidentally. I don't need you to think about this. Everything in our lives that is of any significance cannot be accomplished without this discipline. Everything that's important requires some sort of discipline or training. Now, think about being healthy, right? To be healthy, you have to have the discipline to stay away from bad foods and spend time exercising. There's no such thing, right? (laughs) No one flukes health, right? Trust me, I've tried. You know, I've tried to just wake up and go, yes, 15 kilos lighter. You know, like it, it doesn't happen. You've got to put in the discipline. But it's not just about health. What about friendships? Any friend that you have that is a real friend, not just a hello, hello on Facebook, <laughs> you know, Real friendship takes what? Discipline. It takes time. It takes effort. Because you need to discipline your time and your heart to be with these people. There's no such thing as an overnight best friend. In the same way as Christians, there is no such thing as an overnight mature Christian. 
As believers, our goal is to grow stronger in our faith, stronger in our belief, and to grow in our love for God and for others. But none of this accidentally happens. You don't wake up and go, oh, I love God that much more today. Or, mm, you know, I, I want to love and serve these people that much more. It doesn't work like that. And it's funny, right? It doesn't work like that in the world, and we accept that. But we need to understand that it's exactly the same in our spirituality and our faith. Now, while there are many different types of spiritual disciplines, right, different types of training or different types of activities that we can do to strengthen our belief in God and to strengthen our lives as Christians, (coughs) excuse me, we're just going to look at four, and what I think are um, our most, more, most important ones. Tonight, we're going to look at um, connection, the spiritual discipline of connection. Um, if you're an introvert, oh, welcome tonight, okay? So, uh, next week, we're going to look at the discipline of purpose. What's the purpose of my life? Uh, the third week, I think, is probably going to be the hardest one, okay? And it's the discipline of forgiveness, Okay? And then the last one is the discipline of rest, spiritual rest. So hopefully over the next four weeks, not just, you know, what does the Bible say and what are the things, you know, that, that, that we understand theoretically, but hopefully this series can provide a lot more practicality as well. Like hopefully it's not just like, oh, okay, that's what I think the Bible says, but hopefully you'll leave with some practical steps to be like, okay, this is how I'm going to grow in health. This is how I'm going to love God more, okay? So that's the context. So tonight we're going to look at the spiritual discipline of connection. And the passage we're going to look at comes from John chapter 15, verse 1 to 17. Now, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, his, his close knit group of friends, before he dies on the cross. And uh, we're going to read through the passage and I'll make some notes as we go. John 15, verse 1, and we'll read verse 1 to 4. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch uh, that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will even be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Now the picture, um, the picture that, that, that is being drawn in John 15 is one of a vineyard, okay, where God is the gardener. God is the one tending the vines. Now, Jesus is the true vine. He is the vine. He is the source of life. And Jesus says that we, all humanity, we are the branches. Right? Now, we're the branches. Now, Jesus says that there's two types of branches. The branch that does not bear fruit and the branch that does bear fruit. And God, the gardener, has two different courses of actions to these types of branches. To the branch that bears no fruit, what does he do? He cuts them off. He cuts them off completely. While to the branch that bears fruit, he also makes a cut, but not to cut them off, but to prune them so that that branch can actually grow more. And what Jesus is saying is, You need to remain in me. 
Verse 4, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Jesus is saying that the only way that the branches can bear fruit is if they are connected to the life source. Makes sense, right? How many times have you plugged in something, right? Like, okay, for example, your vacuum cleaner, right? And you go to vacuum and you press the button and nothing happens. And you're like, what's going on? Why isn't the vacuum working? And you realize that you didn't plug it in. It's not connected to any electricity. So obviously, it's not going to work. And in the same way, Jesus is saying, if you're not connected to me, how, how are you going to produce anything? That's what Jesus says. Verse 5 to 8. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Jesus is saying exactly the same thing, right? If you're connected to me, if you're connected to me, because I'm the source of life, you will bear much fruit. And you will, you will uh, live for God's glory. But if you're not connected to me, the Bible literally says, you can do nothing. Right, think about it. If you're an electrical product, and if you are not connected to an, a, a, any electricity, then you cannot work. It is scientifically impossible. And you go, oh yeah, but there's Wi-Fi now and all this. And blah, blah. Okay. Smart Alex. Okay, it doesn't work. In the same way, if you're not connected to Jesus, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, then you are ultimately not being able, you, you won't be able to live for what you were created for, which was God's glory. I'm going to read verse 9 to 17. It's a little bit of a long one, so just bear with me. <coughs> As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love, I have told you this so that, you may, uh, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command, love one another. So what is this connection that Jesus is talking about? What does it mean to be connected to God? Well, it's around this word love. The relationship that we have with God is centered on this word love. See, our desire for connection is first and foremost found in God himself. 
And we call this the Holy Trinity. God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, they're connected in each other. They remain in each other, and they loved each other first. And it's out of that love within each other that they loved each other, and then they also poured out that love onto creation. We're called to love because, firstly, the triune God had love within the three persons, and that love was poured out into creation. So what are we called to do? What does Jesus actually call us to do? And he says two things. He says, remain in my love and love each other as he has loved you. One thing that I want to really make clear, I know, I, I know a lot of times in Christianity, it feels like you've got to go do something, you've got to go do something, you've got to go do something. But actually, in this instance, Jesus is making very clear that the first priority is not to go and do something, is to actually just remain in God's love, meaning know that God loves you. I think we skip this step way too quickly. And then, and then we get burnt out and, and, and then we don't know what to do with our lives because we've skipped this idea that first and foremost, you need to understand that God loves you and God chose you. Every single person in this room, God chose you and God wanted to be in relationship with you. This is the will of of God, to remain in his love and to love one another. This is what we call the spiritual discipline of connection, to be connected to God. Now, the word connect means to be joined. And if you really think about, well, what does Christianity mean? What, what is an actual definition of, of a Christian? It's one that is joined to God. Another word for joined is connected. Another word for connected is relationship. To be a Christian is to say that I have a relationship with God. I am connected to God. I am joined with God. You know, when God created humanity, that was his original purpose. God did not create humans, and I know sometimes it, it doesn't feel like this, but God did not create you and me to just work, just exist for the sake of humanity, he didn't create robots. He didn't create slaves. He actually created people to be in relationship with him, to be in connection with him, to hang out with him. That was God's original connection. That was, that was God's original purpose. But the problem is, in the Garden of Eden, and some of us would know this, sin entered, and, the, and, the, and, and sin entered, and, and what man ultimately said was, I don't need God I don't need to be connected to God because I'm going to be God. I'm going to be the ruler of my life. And we chose to disconnect from God the creator. But God loved us so much. God loved us so much. Even though we disconnected with God, he loved us so much that he pursued us. And the gap that was created by sin, he bridged that gap. We couldn't bridge that gap. He bridged that gap through his son, Jesus. He sent his one and only son to die on the cross, to take away our sin, bridge the gap, 
so that we could once again be connected with God the Father. Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What's interesting is you cannot be in relationship with God if you do not know Jesus. Now, this is where some of the differences in religions will come. Okay, There are certain religions that will say that you can know God through your actions. Or you can know God. You can be in relationship with God through uh, the good morals in your life. You live a good life, then you can hang out with God. Or there are other, other religions that say you can go to God through different means. Whether it's works or whether it's charity or whether it's good, uh, righteous living. But Jesus says... No one gets to the Father except through me. There is no other way to get to God except through Jesus Christ. The only way is to be connected through Jesus. And without this connection, and this is the, this is the big issue because you've got, because I know, I know at this point in time, people are asking, why is it so important to be connected to God? Why is it so important to be connected to God? Why not live a life without God? Why, why do I need God in my life? And out of the various answers that can be given, right? number one, God is our creator. And he's the one that gives us life. And he's the one that gives us purpose. And here's the thing. If we're not, if we're not connected to God, then we are living our lives without any purpose. We don't know what the purpose is. We don't know why we exist. You know, I, I speak to a lot of uh, non-Christians and we have these great conversations. And, 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 and I, for me, I always get to this question. If God does not exist, what is the purpose of life? And, you know, the top few answers are like, you know, to be happy. And I say, well, how's that going for you? Is it going well? Like, are you pursuing happiness? Are you happy? Like, what does it take for you to get happy? See, for me, I think that's a lie. I think that's a lie because I look at people that are rich and famous, and you would think that the rich and famous people would be the happiest people, and yet they're killing themselves. They're the ones that are, that are abusing their bodies. They're the ones that are the most miserable. So you've got to kind of think, wait a minute, money, fame, fortune is not actually what we're meant to be pursuing. Without God, there is no purpose. Without God, there's no meaning to our lives. And that is why, that is why it is so important for us to recognize and realize that we need to be connected to God. And you're like a toaster, right? And your job is to what? Toast bread. That's, you have one job as a toaster, right? You, don't, you, know, you know what? You cannot use a toaster for anything else. Have you thought about this? I thought about this, right? Name me one other thing that you can do with a toaster that isn't dangerous and can kill you, right? A toaster has one purpose, okay? You put bread in it. And what comes out? Toast comes out, right? Now, my wife found another purpose. You know the chicken patties, right? Instead of putting them in the grill, if you put them in the toaster, exactly the same thing. Amazing. 
You can put sweet potatoes. Okay. In Iran, they put sweet potatoes in toasters. Okay. That's called a sweet potato toaster. Okay. But the thing is, if you're not connected into electricity, right? If the toaster is not connected to the source of life, then what are you? You're not a toaster. You're a lump of metal. You're a waste of space. You're nothing. That's like us. When we are not connected to the source of life, like you might think, I'm going to go do this, I'm going to go do this, and it's like you, are, you don't understand that you are completely missing the point of the why you exist. So that's why we need spiritual connection. So, as I said, this is a practical series, okay? How do we do this? How do we remain in Him and Him in us? How do we start being connected and stay connected, right? What spiritual exercises do we need to do to deepen our connection with God through Jesus, okay? As I said, I'm going to be as practical and simple as possible in our life groups, um, we're going to talk more about this and we're just going to, you know, we're going to talk about how you're actually going. Okay, there's three things and, and I, I promise you I'm not, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. You're going to hear these three things and you're going to be like, duh, duh, duh. And I'm going to be like, yeah, go and do it. Okay? How do we stay connected or, or be connected with God? Okay? Number one, time. There is no way, there is no way you can deepen any relationship if you don't give it time. Think of any relationship that is of value and importance to you. The one thing that that relationship has had is time. You know, whether you're Good mates. The reason why you're good mates is because you spend time with them. One of the things that we advise married couples, regardless of how long they've been married, is don't stop dating. Right? And I know it sounds weird, right, for a married couple. Like we've been married for 12 years now, and we still try to have what we call date nights. Right? So what, what, you know, okay, think about what a date is. Okay? Right? Back before you get married, right? What do you do on a date? You spend time. Right? Now, let's be honest. If you really like the person, who cares what you do? You just want to spend more time with them. Right? That's how you deepen your relationship with them. Right? By just spending more time. And same in, in marriage. So we say in marriage, even though you're married now, You've got to keep dating, meaning you've got to keep investing time into your relationship. One of the biggest reasons why marriages break down is after having kids. Because what happens is they go from husband and wife and they become mom and dad. And for the next 18 years, all they are is mom and dad. And as soon as the kids grow up and leave, suddenly they, talk, they, they become husband and wife, and they turn around and they realize for 18 years, they have not even looked at each other as husband and wife. And suddenly it's like, this, is, this person's a stranger. So for anyone that's married, 
Keep dating. You know, sometimes it might be to do something together or it might be just to sit and chat over a meal or coffee. But the simple rule is this. Once time dries up, once you stop investing time into anything, think about it, anything, then that activity will ultimately stop. It's exactly the same with God. If you do not set aside specific time, your connection with God will not grow deeper than what it is. Now, I'm not being, this is not a super spiritual concept. This is not an abstract concept. This is a very simple, logical concept. If you don't spend time, your relationship will not grow. Let me ask you then, in a week, how much time do you actually set aside spending time with God? Now, I'm not even asking, what do you do in that time? Because we're not even at that point yet, okay? This is still level one, okay? How much time do you actually spend with God? Okay? Even if you add up your Sunday service time, even if you go to life group for a few hours a week, even if you pray before a meal and that 30 seconds, you add that on, right? It's really not that much. It's interesting, right? We don't spend time with God. We don't invest into our relationship with God. And we find ourselves feeling empty. And we find ourselves feeling very distant from God. And people come up and they tell me all the time, I don't feel God's presence I feel so distant from God. And I'm like, have you been spending time with him? No. You could say the same thing in your marriage. I feel very distant from my wife. I, don't, I feel like I don't really know my wife. And if I said, are you spending time with her? And you say, no, it'd be like, duh. It's exactly the same thing. God is there. God is available, but it is us who is too busy for God or where God is not a priority in our lives. Now, here's the challenge, right? There's a two-level challenge. Number one, for the beginners, okay? Whatever time you spent with God last week, okay? And if you're honest, some of you, it's a big zero, okay? This week, the challenge is simple. Whatever you spent time with God last week, this week, extra five minutes a day. Now, some of you are like, oh, that seems like a lot. Can I tell you, you spend more time sitting on the toilet than five minutes a day. It's not much. Five minutes a day. I really want to help you. I really want to help you to grow. I really want to start you know, training. So I started going back to the gym this week. Okay, thank you. Okay, you know, your pastor is, you know, looking after himself. Okay, but the problem with me when I go to the gym is, this is kind of not related to the sermon, but I'll tell you anyway. The first thing that I do when I go to the gym is I weigh myself. I've learned that I need to know how much I weigh to be accountable. Okay, because for me, the goal of me going to the gym is not big muscles. It's not, you know, to become the, you know, the, the Hulk of, you know, of Australia or anything like that. It's Steve, you're fat. You need to lose some weight, okay? So so first thing that I do is I go and I weigh myself. But the problem with that is, depending on what the weight is, 
It determines how hard I work out. So if I go and I, and I stand on the scales and I have put on weight from where I was, then I'm like, okay, today is a big day. You know, and then, you know, I work out very hard and whatnot. The problem was I haven't been to the gym for maybe two months. And I thought, oh, I know what I've eaten in two months. And I was telling Mel, I'm like, oh, it's coming, you know. The, the moment of truth is coming. And so I went to the gym and I stood on and I lost weight from two months ago, right? And this big desire to work out and go hard and sweat completely disappeared. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm okay, right? Which is a lie because the only reason why I lost weight was because I was sick and I didn't eat for four days, all right? Anyway, let's get back to the sermon. Uh, five minutes. See, the thing was, I went back to the gym and I was realistic, right? I wasn't like, okay, I'm going to spend four hours here and do all the exercises that, that I can or can't do. You know what I did? I was very realistic. I said, okay, Steve, just get on a machine. Just get on a machine. Okay, do whatever you can and then get off, all right? So I just got on and that was it. And I had a shower and I went home, okay? It's not much but it's a start. Some of you need that. Well, that's all you need. Some of you, you do nothing. You just need a start, which means five minutes. Do you know what five minutes is? Okay. It's 300 seconds. Okay. You know the countdown that we have from five minutes to so that, that's all it is, right? So I'm, I'm challenging you. If you spent zero time with God last week, just five minutes a day. Now, if you need help, and this is why the church exists, right? Because we want to help you, okay? I'm dead serious about this. We can do this together. We can group train. Group X is a class, right? Okay? If you need help, you really, you're like, I want to spend five minutes a day with God this week, but I don't know if I can do it. I, I will be your trainer, okay? We will, I'll call you. We will talk for five minutes to God together. We will read scripture together for five minutes. This is the job of the church. It's really, it, it is easier when you do it with someone else as well. Okay, so that's the beginner. But if you are already spending time with God, can I tell you, there's more. that You can always grow more. So for those that are already spending time with God, don't think that that's enough. You can grow deeper. And so for, for those people, I want to challenge you. Find a chunk of time this week. A chunk. Whatever a chunk means to you. No agenda to spend time with God. That might be praying. That might be, you know, reading. That might be just sitting and meditating. Whatever it is. Make some time with God. So that's the first thing. Okay? Spiritual discipline of connection. You need time. Okay? Number two. Communication. We need to learn how to communicate with God. In marriage, the number one reason why marriages break down is because not enough time is spent. But the number two reason why marriages break down is the lack of communication. I can share this now because we're not there yet. But in the first four years of our marriage, my wife and I did not know how to communicate. It was now that we think about it, it's pretty funny. But at the time, it wasn't very funny. We didn't know how to communicate. We didn't know how to come have a conversation. We didn't know how to fight. We didn't know how to resolve conflict. We were absolute retards, right? Luckily, after four years, we've kind of had to work that out, right? 
Some of you, we're not even at this point, okay? For some of you, you are baby steps, okay? It's not even a question of what do I do, how do I communicate? Because for some of you, you don't even have to worry about that. You just have to get to the communication, uh, the time part first. For some of you, just spend five minutes with God. Who cares what you do, okay? Let's just start with that. But for some of you, if you are starting to get to the point where you're like, oh, I can spend some time with God. Well, what do I do in this time? Right? What do I do? How do I build, you know, deeper connection with God? Okay? It's two things. Okay? It's really simple. You talk and you listen. That's communication. You talk and you listen. Now, how do we talk to God? Right? What do we call that? We call that prayer. That's all it is. Praying is just speaking to God. Now, is there some formal, some super spiritual way that you can communicate to God? No. You just speak to God in whatever language is comfortable to you. You just speak to God in, in, in the manner that you want to speak to. Because here's the thing. God is so awesome that he understands your language. He understands what your context and whatever you say, he understands that because he actually even knows the heart behind what you're saying. Just speak to him. You know, sometimes you can do it verbally. Sometimes you can think it, okay? Sometimes for me, one of the things that helps me when I'm praying to, 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 to sort of keep my mind on track is I type my prayers. I just get on my computer, dear God, it just helps me. It's me speaking to God. But you can't have a relationship only one way. Imagine a marriage where all you're doing is speaking and no listening. You've got to listen to. That's communication. It's a two-way thing. How do we hear from God? Well, God's Word, the Bible. Now, the Bible is not just some history book. But we truly believe that the Bible is the living word of God, as if God is literally speaking to us. So we need to spend some time listening to him. Now, once again, once again, the role of the church is to help you. If you're like, you know what? I want to learn how to pray. I want to learn how to read the Bible. We will help you. There are so many apps on phones these days. They alert you. Hey, read your Bible. They send you emails with verses and passages. It is so convenient. We can be, we're so lazy. We can help you do that. We can pray together. We can read scripture together. But remember, you don't communicate for the sake of communicating. You communicate for the sake of growing a deeper connection, growing a deeper and intimate relationship with God. So if the first important thing is time, the second thing is communication. What's the third? The third is obedience. If you want to grow in your connection with God, if you want to grow in your relationship and, and, and depth in your, uh, with God, you need to obey. You need to learn to obey. Jesus says to obey is to love. When we obey, we don't do it out of obligation because that's not friendship, that's slavery. That's master and slave. But when we obey, we do it because we love that person. 
When my wife says, honey, can you put out the rubbish? Imagine if I'm like, oh, slave driver, she's such a master of me. I'm going to go and do, right? That's not a loving relationship. That's not going to grow the intimacy in our, you know, in our relationship. But we obey because we love them. We obey because we love them. If I'm connected with Jesus, if I'm investing time into my relationship with Jesus, if I'm communicating in my relationship with Jesus, then the next question is, what is it that Jesus would like for me? What does Jesus want me to do? And Jesus tells us, remain in my love and love each other. This is what we are called to obey. Remain in my love and love each other. So practically, what does that mean for you, right? And, and this is the fun part because I just have a big question mark and it really, it's just for every single one of us, that's going to be different this week. But it's simple. It's just asking for you this week in the next seven days coming up, what is one thing that you can do to love someone else? Is it to spend time with them? Is it to buy them a meal? Is it to help them move? Is it to say an encouraging word? Whatever it is, we love others because Jesus asked us to do that. And as we do that, do you know what? As you obey Jesus, as you obey his commandments, your relationship with Jesus actually will deepen and you'll become more intimate with him. Connection doesn't happen naturally. Growth doesn't just happen. You need to work at it. And this is what we call discipline. You need to train. God, he intentionally sent his one and only son, Jesus, specifically to die on the cross for the sake of our sins so that we could be connected with him. He did that on purpose because he wanted to be connected with you. For us to grow in our connection with God, we must also develop these spiritual disciplines in our lives to connect with God, spend time with God. What does that mean for you? To communicate with God. What does that mean for you? And to live a life of obedience. What does that mean for you? And I promise you, I promise you as you take these steps, as you take these steps in your life, you will grow in your relationship with him. You will grow in your connection with him. You will grow those muscles. This is why we exist, to be connected to God. And I pray that tonight that you would start once again this journey to find the purpose and the meaning of your life once again. To be connected to God is to have life. It's to have life. He is the source of life. To be connected to him is to have life that life in our lives. I pray that you would choose that life, that you choose that path today. Let's pray.